later during the week and we can catch you up on things. But I want to remind you of that. We transition today to the final series in the book of Ephesians with Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 20 now today. And let's open up our Bibles there. It will be on the screen, but I know depending on where you're standing, some of you it's hard to see the screen. And if you're there, let's please stand if you're able and let's read the word of God. Follow along with me as I read. Follow along in your word or on the screen. Also note as you're standing, I'll try to stick to my notes and um, but I might be moving kind of fast today. There's a lot to get through. We've got about 23 slides. And if you're unable to take notes, well, take notes in your mind or email me later. Let's read. Finally, Ephesians 6 verse 10, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Verse 14 of Ephesians 6, we continue. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel." For which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing, if you're able, and, and reading those words with me. Such powerful words for every single day as a Christian throughout all of history, not just for today and what we find ourselves in, but every single day as a believer in Christ. And one of those final sections. Paul is speaking here again. Paul is speaking. Paul is writing this letter to the Ephesians and those surrounding cities or surrounding people that may read this. Paul is speaking from jail, from a prison, from a Roman prison cell. And he says, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. What we have here today is a letter from Paul. And as Paul concludes this letter, he's writing in chains, imprisoned, and he's probably seeing this Roman guard and looking to his armor, looking to what he's wearing, looking to what he's equipped with, and he's transitioning to the Christian's armor. What do we have for battle? As we read verse 10, Paul states with the words, finally, it's underlined there, finally, be strong in the Lord. Finally, 19 weeks in Ephesians, and the end is in sight. Some of you may be thinking, finally, we move on to the good stuff. Well, friends, all of God's word is good stuff. But some of you 
probably are thinking, finally, we're almost done. Some of you might not have enjoyed this series as much as me, but I have truly enjoyed it, and I hope you have as well. There's so much in here for our lives. Ephesians is a survival manual for Christians. It's a bank of knowledge, of encouragement, of challenge, of conviction. Ephesians is full of our responsibilities and rules of Christ's followers. How are we to live and why? What do we have? It's all about the blessings we have. But Paul here says, finally, as he has said so much about our personal earthly relationships, remember we spoke about our relationships in our marriages, relationships as children and as parents, in parenting, in our families. We spoke on our relationships being having people under us or being over people or being under people as bosses, as employers. Well, now Paul transitions to a new idea, a final idea. Paul wants to emphasize here, finally, that it's not just a people problem. It's not just a physical problem either. Humanity's struggle True struggle is not just against flesh and blood, but against the evil, against the spiritual, against the supernatural forces of evil. And we must be prepared in a different way for all of this. Finally, Paul says, finally, be strong in the Lord as he transitions from speaking to the physical relationships and physical lives which we live to the spiritual battle which is all around us. And how are we to prepare? How are we to live? How are we to fight? Well, we've learned throughout this whole series of Ephesians how we're to live as Christ followers, how we're supposed to be imitators of God, how we're made new. But Paul goes into some more details here. Number one is this. Finally, we need to be aware of the battle. Finally, we must be aware of the battle. We've learned a lot of salvation, of Christ, of our blessings, of our responsibilities as Christ followers in this physical world. But Paul is not going to conclude this letter without also saying there's a spiritual battle going on all around us. We must be aware that there is a battle. Even in the most peaceful of days you have in your lives, there is a battle because it is in those peaceful days that we, that we take our guards down, that we're not on high alert, that Satan is most trying to get at you. Finally, Paul gives us insight into the great strengths we have as Christians with the armor of God. Let me give you an illustration about armor, about protection. You see, an NFL football player would be silly and destined for injury or death if he did not go on the field with his helmet, with his pads. A fireman would be destined for injury and death without their fire retardant suit, their mask, their oxygen tank. A soldier would be destined for death if they did not go into battle with proper training, weapons, body armor, and other essential gear. I saw a movie recently where they, they um, enlisted all these men and women to fight some war in the future against aliens. Yep, my type of movie, right? Sci-fi battle armies. And the, the guy gets handed a rifle. And he's like, what do I do with this? I've never shot something in my life. And then I can't remember for sure, but he might've been one of the first people that died. Um, <laughs> actually, I think the leader took him under his wing and helped show him how to be a good soldier. But here's the thing. We need to soldier up every single day of our lives. There is a battle and we as Christians must go into battle with the proper life providing, protecting and sustaining equipment that God blesses us with if we are to stand a chance to withstand 
as this scripture says, to withstand every evil and supernatural temptation of what gets thrown our way. How shall we live? How shall we breathe? How shall we speak? How should we think? We do it with the armor of God. Now, this won't be a quick study in, in the armor of God. I have preached through this once before. It's been about four years, and it was about a seven or eight-week series because I like to independently speak of each thing because this is crucial. We're not just going to skim coat it, just, just skim off the top. We're going to dig in deep. We'll cover each piece independently. And how, um, how great will it be that we'll be studying this right through the Halloween season, ending just after Halloween, just in time to speak about our thankfulness with Thanksgiving and lead into our Christmas series. Today, though, we focus on Paul's introduction with these words. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against the flesh and the blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Now, we'll continue on with the rest in another week. Um, and, and we'll also dig deeper. But there, even in this section, there's only so much I can, I can tell you today. So I do encourage you, study this at home. Every day this week as we move forward, dig into it more at home. But number two is this. Number one, we must be aware there is a battle going on around us. Number two, in this battle, we're told to be strong in the Lord. Now, it's interesting here that Paul says, finally... Be strong in the Lord. Because there's some other ways we could take that finally scripture. You see, we have a serious problem on our hands today. And I think 2,000 years ago, the people had the same problem. And that's why Paul writes these words. We want to think and act as if we are God ourselves. In a world full of war, we want to think that we, in our own power, by some crazy notion, have the power to prevail on our own. Days go by, unfortunately, sometimes days go by, sometimes weeks go by, sometimes years go by, and some people consider themselves Christians, and they never even open God's word. They never even pray. They never even talk to God. They never even look for, for God's instructions on how to live. We often seek help from friends, from family, from total strangers on the internet before we even speak or seek our great God's knowledge through his word and prayer. Or... We go everywhere else before we seek the brothers and sisters in Christ, which God has directly placed in our life. Or pastors or deacons or elders or other religious leaders of whom we know we can trust. Paul reminds us here to be strong in the Lord. And Exodus 15.3 reminds us, the Lord is a warrior. Exodus 15.3, if you want to write that down. The Lord is a warrior. Yahweh is his name. Now, there are numerous other scripture points which speak of God's strength, of God's might, of God's power. We need this type of strength. In a world full of evil and sin, as it always has been, but, but some days it seems worse, doesn't it? Today it seems worse, doesn't it? Some, day, some of you here are burdened. We need his strength 
within us and within this world. It will do you no good to put on armor and go into battle if you don't have the strength to lift it up and put it on or to use it appropriately. All the armor in the world does you no good if you have not the strength to put it on and wear it as designed. I found one illustration talking about a knight in shining armor. Some of you can envision that image. I meant to put it up here. I didn't. But a knight in shining armor, he says this, can you imagine a knight putting on all the heavy armor and trying to go into battle when he is sick and weak with the flu? You know what will happen. Despite his heavy armor, he'll be cut down by the enemy very quickly because he'll have no strength to lift the shield, to move out of harm's way with his feet or to swing his sword. You see, the first step in preparation for battle is to be strong. But in a spiritual fight, we can't be strong on our own. We need divine strength. We need God's strength. I think to helping James over there move yesterday, and I almost wore it, I forgot to get it from you. As we're unloading his truck, um, he had this bulletproof vest. He says can prevent a 30-06 round from going through. Believe it or not, it was a gift from a church. Can you believe that? This must have been one dangerous church. But I was going to wear that up here because I want to show you this thing was heavy. It probably weighed like 30 pounds. And I think he needed the strength of the Lord to be able to wear that. Maybe that's why he said he never did wear that at church. Hopefully it's because he didn't need it. But it might have also just been because um, he didn't have enough strength to wear it. <laughs> Paul says, finally, finally, one, one last thing about this, finally. I think that sometimes God's also telling us, finally, you're coming to me. Finally, Paul says, as if you've tried everything else, be strong in the Lord. I think of Gibbs from the NCIS TV show, and maybe you, you remember that show, and, and he used to always slap the guy on the backside of the head. I think of God sometimes needs to slap us on the backside of the head and say, finally, come on, doofus, look to me, find your strength in me. Amidst all the things Paul has discussed regarding our homes, our relationships, our responsibilities as Christ followers, we must remember to place our hope where true strength comes from, because there is great evil all around us. Second Corinthians 4, 8 to 9 says, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. I encourage you to think about this scripture. Again, it's 2 Corinthians 4, 8 to 9. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 to 9. It says, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Do you feel crushed today? Do you feel crushed at home? Do you feel crushed at work? It goes on. It says, we are perplexed. Many of us are perplexed, but it says, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. We need to remember that with the strength of God, with his might, with his armor, we may have all these things happen, but we need not be destroyed. We need not be, persec we may need not be forsaken or perplexed or crushed. Does it affect our daily living? Absolutely. But may it even more turn us to God as we realize how weak we are. 
Let's move forward. Psalm 121. We need to make sure we're looking to the right direction. Psalm 121, one of my favorite psalms, says that I look up to the hills from where does my help come? From the maker of the heavens and the earth. That's who our strength comes from. The maker of the heavens and the earth. And it goes on to talk about how he does not slumber. Whereas all our false gods and all their false gods at the time needed to sleep, they needed certain human characteristics, our God doesn't sleep. And our God is not limited by our imaginations. He is all sovereign, all powerful and providential. But in order to be strong in the Lord, we have to make sure we're abiding in him. Abide in the Lord and draw our life from him, draw our power from him. And have obedience to his will. Number three, moving forward, we need to know the enemy. So we need to be aware that there is a battle. We need to be strong in the Lord. And then we need to know who the true enemy is. I think so often our, our forces, our strategy doesn't prevail because of these three things. We either forget we're in battle, we, we forget where true strength comes from, or... We're directing all of our efforts in the wrong direction. The enemy is the devil. It's Satan. It's Lucifer. It's the great deceiver. The enemy is sin. And we are warriors. The enemy is a supernatural battle against a spiritual being of evil. Let me tell you one statistic that I just, I, I, I'm just baffled by. It is estimated that there have been more than 14,500 wars fought since 3600 BC to the present day. 14,500 wars since 3600 BC, and that number keeps rising. In fact, the statistic says that during the same time period, there have been over 5,305 years of war and only about 300 years of peace. There is almost always a war going on. There's war going on someplace around the world today. And it's not always a war fought by governments, by armies. Sometimes it's a war, it's a battle, it's a feud between friendships, it's a feud between families, it's a feud in the community, it's a feud between Christians and non-Christians alike. The Bible depicts countless battles within its pages as well. Since the beginning, when we see Cain and Abel at war against each other, there are battles. And it shouldn't surprise us because in Matthew 24, 6 to 7, Jesus predicted and said, You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. We know that things will only get worse. But we need to also remember that the primary focus of Scripture is not this physical war, but a spiritual war between Satan, God, Christ, and our, our sin. Revelation speaks of what began as a cosmic war in heaven will come to this earth and will end with Jesus' control, Jesus' victory, as it always does. But we need to see that the battleground for this intense spiritual battle is not, is not some piece of earthly real estate, but it's our hearts, it's our souls, it's our mind. Both Jesus and the devil are both after our hearts, our souls, our mind. Both Jesus and the devil are both after our loyalty. And we cannot serve both. 
We cannot serve one one day and one the next. We can't make choices that this day, yeah, I don't know if I want to follow this will of God, this word of God, this law of God. I just want to, you know, maybe cross this line a little bit because that means you're not truly loyal to one or the other. You're just dancing the line. Jesus requires total commitment, total trust in him as Lord. You see, Christians are called to be more than peaceful spectators or mediators in this cataclysmic conflict between good and evil. We must be committed soldiers on the front line. But in a spiritual war, that looks different than a physical war. It's not always lifting up our arms with our weapons, our physical weapons. We must be committed in how we proclaim ourselves to be Christians. We must proclaim, be committed to proclaim of God's love for the world, proclaim of Christ's sacrificial love, the hope to be found in trusting in him. We must be committed to proclaim the need for repentance from sin. You see, so often we talk about the evil, but we fail to talk about the sin. We talk about the evil in our families, in our friendships, in our communities, in our government. But we fail to talk about where that evil comes from. That evil is coming from sin, and that evil is coming from the supernatural evil one who's tempting us into sin. We need to pray against these things. We need to proclaim against these things. We need to proclaim of the redemption of life, of hope, of strength, proclaim of God's righteous ways of living in a world which is so committed to evil, sinful desires of the flesh. We need to proclaim of God's sovereignty, People need to hear that God is still in control and still reigning. And we need to proclaim of his glory. The battle we are in is one of a spiritual nature, and therefore the weapons we employ must be of God. Paul reminds us in Ephesians 6.12, We do not wrestle against the flesh, the blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. The Ephesian people, they were extremely aware of the spiritual influences all around them. In fact, in Ephesians, it's, it's stated that there was probably roughly around 50 temples to different gods. We have many temples across the world to different gods, but so often we don't take the spiritual influence around the world, the evil, the supernatural forces of Satan. We don't take it seriously. Number three is this. We need to know the enemy's strategy. You see, the devil, Satan, he loves that we don't take him seriously. Many people make a joke of Satan. We picture him as a red, funny-looking cartoon character with a pitchfork. We dress up as him at Halloween and Halloween parties. Well, I never have. I hope you haven't. But I'm talking general of the world. We even make TV shows in his honor which I've never watched, that show Lucifer. I hope you haven't, just the title is enough to get me away from it. But we need to be aware of Satan's work because Satan loves us to ignore him. Satan loves us to laugh at his work because he loves us not take him seriously because as we're looking the other direction, he is plighting, scheming against us. That's what God's word says. It says scheming, scheming. Like an opposing football team watching all the game tapes of their opposing team and learning all their weaknesses, 
God is plighting and scheming against us, learning and looking to our weakness, looking at when to hit us and to hit us hard. We must take him seriously for Satan lies, cheats, steals, conceals. He manipulates and he twists the truth. And in 1 Peter 5, 8, Peter gave a firm warning when he said, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He schemes against the Christian and he plays us against each other because he knows that if he can separate us from what God has created to bring us together, he can weasel himself into these relationships and start causing doubt. He can start to control who we're looking to. We need to look to God and look to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to remember that Christ has already been victorious. We need to remember that by trusting in God, trusting Christ as Lord, we have the Holy Spirit of God within our lives to protect us. We have the armor of God as we'll get into with each week. Remember though, God's presence is with us for all of eternity. But we still need to remember the evil forces that are at work all around us because they're trying to affect us. They're trying to distract us from what God does. He wants us to think that we can't trust God. He wants us to think that we can't trust our brothers and sisters in Christ. He wants us to trust us to think we can't trust God's word. But these places are exactly where we need to go. God divinely places people in our lives, brothers and sisters in Christ, to help us through these times. Know your enemy's strategy. Satan deceives, he manipulates, he lies, he twists the truth, just as in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. Surely God didn't mean all the trees. Satan schemes to draw you away from the strengths of God, or at least to distract you from the remembrance of it. But we need to draw near to God Know your enemy and his plan. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. Did you catch that? Sometimes, especially as teenagers and as kids, we want to say, well, well, dad, mom, I didn't know. I didn't know. We're not ignorant of Satan's plans, of his designs, and we need to stop acting as if we're ignorant. Some example of Satan's schemes are 2 Corinthians 4 and 1 Timothy 4 state, blinding people via false doctrine, false teaching, false teachers. Ephesians 2 reminds us by, that he schemes to get us, um, to entice us to indulge in desires of the flesh and mind and of the temporary instead of the eternal ways of God. First Peter chapter 5, 8 and 9 remind us that Satan is out to, to persecute those who do right. It's a scheme to prevent the rest of us from doing what God considers right as we see others persecuted or even killed. But with the Lord's help, God's word says we can withstand. Please note, we don't need to be overly focused on the spiritual war. Obviously, we need to now. That's what we're studying. That's what we're talking about for the next, next several weeks. But Scripture does not overly focus on the spiritual war. It doesn't overly focus on this. The, the whole book of Ephesians, we've been talking about our blessings as Christ followers and our responsibilities, our rules, how we're to live. The repeated message of God's word is balanced. And here's why. We need not be afraid of Satan's schemes because our God is greater. 
Some of us need to remember that. Some of us need to maybe write that on a post-it note, put it on our, on our car dash, on our mirror that we see as we wake up in the morning. Put it wherever you go that you need to see it. We need not be afraid of Satan's schemes. Our God is greater. But we do need to be prepared always every day because every day there is a war all around us. And number four is this. Know your strength and stand. Stand in that strength. Don't be naive. Don't be overly confident. Don't be arrogant. Do not think that you can do it all alone. Don't give Satan an inch or he'll take a mile. We say that about our kids. Don't give our kids an inch or they'll take a mile. (laughs) I'm not calling our kids Satan, but kids, follow God's plan. Follow your parents' plan. It's what's best. Guys, Christians, don't give Satan an inch. He'll take a mile. Don't, Don't walk along that gray line. Stay within God's box. It is what's best. Do not think for a moment that if you don't acknowledge Satan's work around us, that he'll just leave you alone. He wants you to ignore him. Our strength is in knowing that he's there. Our strength is in standing firm with the armor of God, standing firm with the strength of God. God's holy word tells us to stand, but not just stand, stand firm. We'll get more into this in future weeks. God's word tells us that as we stand with the armor of God, we don't just put on one piece It'd be useless for a, for a soldier to put on that heavy bulletproof vest or that body armor and knight in shiny armor to have his armor, but have no weapon. We need the sword too. We need it all. We need the full armor of God, the whole armor of God. For a Christian's true power is the Lord's power within us. How strong we are, notice it's capitalized, how strong we are on our own doesn't truly matter. Because we're never strong enough on our own. A Christian's true power is in the Lord's power within us. That's where our strength comes from. To help the, the, the kids, the teenagers, maybe a few young adults, maybe some comic book lovers of old. Tony Stark can't defeat evil without his Iron Man suit. A soldier cannot fight without his or her equipment. A football player cannot take the field without their helmet and pads. We need our armor of God to fight the evil one. We need God Finding strikes in ourselves may actually get in the way as we have a false sense of security. It was said that by one pastor to beware of your strengths, not just your weaknesses, for in your strengths is where you're most likely to forget about God. It is when we are broken and weak that we realize we must depend on God, his strengths, his might. It's okay to feel weak because as we feel weak, we seek God. The problem is when we feel weak and we don't seek God, we seek others instead and in place of God. As I move forward, I want to say as we equip ourselves, as we find this strength, we start with Jesus. You see, we are destined to hell due to our sins without Jesus. We need Jesus. We are destined to misery and Satan's dominion and control without him. But when you know the truth that Jesus is the one and only who can save and change you, all other approaches the world tries to show you of just living a good life as a good person or doing enough works or living life your way, all those things just look ridiculous because we know we're not good enough, but that's okay because we know we don't have to be because God sent his son yet while we were still sinners to save us. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son 
that we might have life. Another illustration here is that to know, we know that to get healthy and lose weight, we have to eat right and exercise. I have a problem with that. That's why I've gained 30 pounds over the last couple years. You see, we can't simply close our eyes while we eat chocolate cake and expect the calories to disappear. I think I think that with bowls of ice cream at nighttime. You can't just eat foods that start with the letter H for healthy or eat cake in the shape of a banana. That's a good idea, though. There's only one way to get healthy, and that's to eat right and exercise. And the same is true for our spiritual health and life amidst great spiritual battle that we are in. There's only one true way to find the help we need, the life we need, the strength we need, and that's through Jesus. We need the armor of God. What is the armor of God? It is the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. And don't forget prayer. We need prayer. Come next week as we dig in deep, as we discover God's armory. Let's suit up, armor up, and equip ourselves for battle. For a Christian warrior is an equipped warrior. We're equipped with God's strength and might. We're equipped with not just physical armor for a physical battle, but with spiritual and divine assistance to fight the supernatural forces of evil which are all around us. You see, no Christian is a spiritual civilian. We are all soldiers, all warriors, and therefore we must live in a state of spiritual preparedness and battle readiness at all times. You wonder why we preach so strongly that you need to be in God's word every single day, in prayer every single day, memorizing his word, putting it into your heart so that you won't sin against him. It's because at all times we need to be at spiritual preparedness and battle readiness. We need to be on high alert and looking out for the threats, looking out for the spiritual evil ones attacks, looking out for those fiery darts being shot at us. We don't live in bondage to fear for we know we have all our, need, all our needs in the Lord. But it doesn't mean that we, we fail to look to see what God's blessed us with in his word and the knowledge we have and the relationships we have. We can prevail but we prevail by walking with Christ in his ways every single day. So the final applications here is this. If you haven't taken notes at all, apply these to your mind. Are you equipped with God's strength? Pray. Let's start this week by praying not simply against the physical, as we so often do, as we pray for those bad relationships and family or friendships, but we need to pray against the spiritual influences and the sinfulness within those relationships, those families, those friends, our schools, our governments. We need to pray against the spiritual forces at work. And we need to pray for God's spiritual influence to be seen. We need to pray for the righteousness of God and God's people to have strength, to have boldness, to have knowledge, to step up every single day. We need to pray for revival and for the sinfulness of the world to go away, we need to pray for God's people to step up and show people that there is a better way to live. Recognize the spiritual battle we are in and pray against the spiritual armies that work around you and against you. Remember that you're a new creation. Christ has worked in you and you have the Holy Spirit at work within you in your life. So pray for that. 
Don't allow Satan to take your focus off of your great God and his strength, his presence. Pray that God would remind you of the great, the great influence that you have within your life through the Holy Spirit. Pray for God's supernatural power and wisdom to come upon you each day as you fight for God's glory and God's righteousness. And as I say that, we need to remember that's what we fight for. We fight for God's glory, God's righteousness, God's will, God's plan. Pray against the evil supernatural forces and pray for God's glory to be seen. Pray for yourself. Pray for others. Pray for God's word to be spoken to the nations. Pray for revival. Pray for disciples. Pray for discipleship to be happening. But then don't just pray about it. Look for opportunities to actually make those disciples and to do the discipling. I was speaking with a man of God last night about how he, he's encouraged by God and he feels led to start a men's ministry. And I was just encouraging that don't, don't spend all your time thinking about how you need to do it and fail to actually just start doing it. And I encouraged, I was so encouraged to hear how he already is meeting with men and talking with them about God's design for marriage and parenting and families, God's design for Christians. Who are you meeting with? I didn't put that up here, but don't just pray, but live it. Number two, are you equipped with God's strengths? The challenge to take home, study his word. You can't truly be fully equipped without his word. We need his word. We need his truths. Study upon it. Meditate upon it. Apply it to your life. Hide it within your heart. Memorize it so you won't be falling to the temptation of sin. Live right by doing right according to God's righteousness. And then finally, are you prepared? We need to ask God to help us to be aware of the battle to find strength in him, to know your enemy and know his strategy, and be reminded of your strength in him, his provisions, his great armory. Listen closely. I've got it on the board so you can see it. Personal weakness or lack of confidence is not a bad thing. It's only a bad thing when it drives us in the wrong direction. But if it drives us into the loving arms of our Father, our help comes from the Lord and he is strong and mighty to save. In closing, I say this, remember this. We're reminded from Romans 5, 8 and Colossians 2 that when you were lost, he chose you. When you're guilty, he forgave you. When you were dead, he raised you with Christ. And if God gave all that grace to you when you were his enemy, surely he won't give up on you now, now that you are trusting in him, following after him, living according to him in his ways, now that you are his beloved child. The one who created the world will be with you always to see this thing through. His promises will always come to be. And we know that Christ has been victorious, both in the past, the present, and in the future. He always will be. So depend on him. Find your strength in the Lord. He is strong and mighty to save. I want to remind you, we have a Sunday school teachers meeting. We'll have it in the kitchen but let's close in prayer and song. Lord, we thank you for we find strength and might in you. We thank you for your word gives us what we need. We thank you for the armor of God, the armor you provide that we're gonna be studying in the, in the coming weeks. Lord, we pray for your guidance upon our lives. 
Lord, we do pray as we've spoken so much today against the supernatural evil one's work, Satan's work. May we be aware of the battle that's around us, even in those peaceful, calm days where everything seems great. May we be on high alert, ready for battle, ready with your word, ready with your promises, ready with your scripture, ready with brothers and sisters in Christ to fight the temptations of sin all around us. Lord, may we pray against the supernatural evil ones work within our families, our friends, our schools, our government. And Lord, in the world, it's not about us, Lord. It's about you. May your glory be seen. We pray for a revival around the world, for people to come to know you. Through your people, through your word, through your influence, for those you choose, Lord, equip us every single day for battle. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Please stand as we close in one song.